this is another two-part series called Against the Norm. Doom, doom. <laughs> We're so excited for our guest lineup as we not only have one, but two people on the show. Drum roll, please. Mariah and Byron Rito. Yeah, these lovely people of God have come to share awesome knowledge and encouragement for all to hear. And it's so awesome that we had to break it up to two parts. Two. Yes. Because we truly believe you're going to be blessed by everything they have to say from their life ministry to life challenges and marriage. It's going to be awesome. Everything. Everything was awesome. It's awesome. A little note. This interview took place at a coffee shop, so you might hear some background noise. But you're going to love it anyways. Welcome, Mariah and Byron. Mariah and Byron, within a minute, tell us who you are, what you do, and just a little bit about yourselves. All right. Well, my name is Mariah Rito. I am the wife to Byron Rito. We live in Houston, Texas, East Downtown, and we are in ministry. I'm a worship leader, and Byron is a young adult speaker, a poet, and an amazing communicator. Why are you going to give them three and only give you one? I'm sorry. Because <laughs> um, I have more to say about And he you. drives cars, and he <laughs> likes pets. <laughs> and so, yeah, so we live in the Houston area. We try to connect with as many locals as we can. We try to be um, in fellowship with a lot of people and just love on people as we feel like that's really our purpose. We're in church a lot. We're, I eat out too much. That's pretty, that's pretty much it. We, like we, like we know the struggle. Yeah. <laughs> tacos and coffee, that's tacos, all I had to really tacos, say. Tacos, coffee, and lasagna. And la- so, ooh, lasagna, <laughs> lasagna for dinner. Lasagna oh, sounds man. good. Lasagna, lasagna sounds, sounds so good. Okay. See, yeah. this, is, this is what we're going to have. Yeah, uh, I guess you're going to thank us, Byron, for giving a suggestion on dinner tonight, right? Yeah. Thank you so much. Good <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's going down. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So you mentioned ministry. You mentioned purpose, right? So right. as a couple and as individuals, what do you feel like God has called you to do? You got it, babe. I feel like God has called us to show love to mainly to young people and to kind of show them that no matter how old you get, but especially as you're young, you can live a life of purity and a life of loving Christ. Um, and you don't have to wait until you're older. And I was going to say 40, but I guess that's not very old. But you, know what I mean? <laughs> you don't have to wait until you're older. And we really do base our lives around First Timothy 4.12, which is don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for believers in speech, conduct, love, faith, and impurity. And that's really what we try to portray and try to put our message across as just that. And letting young people know, you know, it, you don't have to wait. And even if you want to get married while you're young, if you do it right, we feel like the Lord will help you and guide you in that right way, just like he did with us. And, and you know, really just loving, just loving on people and no yeah. matter what their age is, but especially the younger generation. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think when I was younger than I am now, I felt like I had to kind of compete with my older self and I felt like when I got older I'd be perfected in God and when I got older I'd be respected and I'd be used and I learned Byron actually was the one who really taught me like you can be perfected in God at 20, 22, 24 it doesn't really matter as long as you give your heart over to him you don't have to wait till you're 
in your 30s or your 40s, you're established financially or you've gone through college or whatever it is. I took a break after high school before I went to college and then I got married. So it's been a pretty long break. But I used to think that those were the things that kind of society tells us qualifies us. I thought that age and time and experience really qualified me when it's really just saying yes to a call that qualifies you. Yeah, I think that once you say yes to the call, no matter what your age is, I mean, even if you guys look at David, I mean, he was like 15, 14 yeah. years old and was already walking in his calling, you know? Yeah, like, that's right. Even, yeah, and it's a process. I mean, it's not like when as soon as you turn 13, like God's going to say yes, whatever the case may be. And, and you know, not necessarily say yes, but he's going to put you on that platform that you want to be on. It's going to be a process. But if you yeah. say yes call now, the process can start sooner than later. Yeah. So. Right, right. That's really good that starting early is very important because then you grow early and you're more disciplined early versus making more mistakes when you're older, right? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, so back to ministry again. I did a little searching on both of you and we saw that, you know, oh, sometimes, no. sometimes. <laughs> Don't worry, nothing, nothing bad, all good. <laughs> you know, we, we saw that you do ministry together. So like you said, Mariah, you sing, and Byron, we saw you do spoken words. So we're going to put both of y'all on the spot for our listeners to, you know, do a little something. <laughs> spoken word Just right something now. brief, you yeah. know. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can. This is Wait, do you want Mariah to sing first? No. Is Mariah going to sing I'm or no? Sure. It's, just, it's just me? Just you. <laughs> the wife has spoken. <laughs> okay, here we go. You guys ready? Yeah. Okay. Speaking words with no music. Some cats be ditching Christ because they spiritually truant. See, I'm good in English, but in tongues I'm fluent. And I'll die for this cause of this holy hip-hop movement. Now listen closely and don't get off track. Because this holy hip-hop is more controversial than the war in Iraq. And my story is getting suspenseful. And my pad and my pencil are opened up more doors than Ava's rentals. Shake me, make me, let the Holy Spirit overtake me. I know it's him and not my alarm that in the morning wakes me. My decisions are not hasty in the arms where he places me. I got this word from Genesis to Revelation. And it's oh so tasty, never sour. But no man knows the time or the hour. And I believe his worst fears a Christian with no power. Shine a light and I spark it. Byron Rito is saving up your market. And we're doing it better than specials at Walmart and Target. <laughs> that was good. That we're, was we're, really good. I wish you could see our facial expressions. Yeah, we're like <laughs> mouth open. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. I have another one uh, about ketchup, but no. <laughs> he wrote a poem about ketchup when he was like, "What time?" Ketchup. <laughs> You know what? That might be a bonus, like after the show. That would yeah. be nice. <laughs> I know, right? Throw the people yeah, we'll off. <laughs> okay, so you guys, I stalked your Instagram. Okay, apparently I have a stalking problem because Byron, I don't know if Mariah told you, but I slided in her DM and kind of told her that I ran across uh, Lakewood Church just to catch her. Oh, during like the end of the <laughs> service <laughs> and I, I lost her and I was like dang should I tell her I kind of like stalked her a little bit <laughs> but <laughs> it's okay it's okay I stalk her too so it's okay, <laughs> okay good 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 so, <laughs> so obviously you guys recently got married congratulations by the way yeah thank, thank you so much yes yes so but uh, also you guys married young right could you okay. tell us your ages I'm 22 and she's 20 Oh okay. oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Little so baby. We got, we got married. We were like, you know what? College? Nah. 
marriage, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way, huh? Like, so how long were you dating before Byron popped the question? He proposed on our one year anniversary and we were friends for about we were friends for a long time. For a before. long time before. I met him when I was thirteen and he was fifteen. Yeah. So he wasn't very new to the scene, the Houghton scene. My mom was they were best friends. I was she, best friends with her mom. Yeah. Not weird at all. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> That's the best kind. <laughs> he created our marriage into existence for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I guess you probably should, I'll, I'll wait. But yeah, I'm 22, she's 20. Okay, good, good. And our episode is called Against the Norm and pretty much walking the path that is relatively not the path that everybody goes through. And mm-hmm. just like you said, Byron, you know, you guys decided, hey, why college? Let's just do it right now, you know? So what made you say that, okay, you're ready now, that there's no need to wait? Because a lot of people your age, and actually you're not too far from us either. I'm 24, so. <laughs> so a lot of us wait till a particular time or age until we've fulfilled something in our lives before we get married. So what made you go against the norm and just say yes now? Well, for me, I, which I was joking, I went to college. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I went to college. I went. I did. Uh, I did a year and a half in a community college, and then I did a, another year and a half in Bible school. So I went to college. But it was for me. I, I've always, I've always wanted to get married young. And one of the reasons why was because one of the main reasons why was because I knew that I wanted to grow with my wife. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was a virgin before we got married, so I wasn't like out there, you know, having sex or whatever the case may be. So I was trying to make sure I had my head on straight, so that when I find my wife, I wouldn't be confused, and that I would I would know who she was whenever I met her. And so I just happened to meet her while I was young, and. I'm not saying this for everybody, but I think for maybe some people, they might have saw their wife and met their wife when they were younger. But because of, you know, their choices and them maybe having sex outside of marriage, they might have just lost it and missed that opportunity. And I know for me, when I when because I've known Mariah for a long time, but I didn't really see her or really get a chance to like, oh, my gosh, she's so beautiful. I want to date her until like 17, 18 years old. And so it was around that time when I was like, yo, God, I think she might be the one. If she is the one, let's make it happen. And then mm-hmm. he ended up helping me and guiding me in that way. But it all stimulated from me waiting to have sex until marriage, I think, because it kind of opened up my eyes and was really capable and me being able to see uh, who she was and who God was making her to be and, and her ultimately being my wife. But it was, I mean, it's great, though. Even Even the people around her, like, they were just so supportive of us. Like, I know one of... Mariah's friends. Her name is Aaliyah, and she's literally just like one of the sweetest people ever. And she really did help us out and just guide us and just really like just say like you know guys, I know you guys are young, but you guys can do this. And so yeah. it was it was friends and it was family who really kind of helped us as well. Because if it was just me and Mariah, we probably wouldn't be married. Yeah. And just because I mean it's, it's a lot of work, but having friends like Aaliyah and like our moms and, and people like that are to help us, it really it really helped us. Yeah. So yeah, for me, I mean to answer your question as far as like actually getting married and all of that. I think, like Byron said, it really just, we kept our circle small. We love people. We'll love people till we die, but we don't let every single person that we love to really hold, you know, speak into our life to the point where if someone says we should do something, we drop everything and we do it. So I think the reason why really God blessed our marriage is, you know, of course we waited to have sex until we were married and everything like that, but we really did make a decision that we would put counsel in place that we really trusted and we really just we just followed wise counsel and I think 
young people kind of forget because there's this uprising of, you know, like I do what I want when I want and I know what I'm doing and, you know, I, I, I can figure it out and we really can't, you know, God commands us to love people. He commands us into fellowship. And so we knew that we needed to listen to those people that we asked to speak into our life and yeah. those people who we didn't ask, we respectfully listened. And, yeah. It was, it was almost like not throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Like, even though <laughs> that stuff they would say, probably wouldn't, we'd be like, um, we don't really feel like God told us that, but thank you. And then even then we'd be like, all right, baby, let's really listen to what they had to say, you know? And we would take it in and if it, if it aligned with what, you know, we were feeling and what we kind of feel like our close well, we people would say, God, or what, God would yeah, say. what God would say, then we would take it in. And if not, we would just respectfully decline. But <laughs> for, in our case, it's marriage, but really for anyone who's making good decisions, whether it's um, Aaliyah, who Byron mentioned is about to move to another country some of our big friends are like making big decisions some of our friends are having kids and making decisions of how to raise their kids where to move what to do whether it's what college you go to or going through high school and what friends you're hanging out with any decision i mean for us it's marriage but i wouldn't just say it applies to that for any big or little it just it just applies to life yeah it applies to life you should have people in your in your circle or in your group that can respectfully tell you, nah, bruh, bruh, don't do that, you yeah. know? Yeah, they would say, you know, your squad. Right. <laughs> you should, <laughs> you should most definitely have a squad that can literally sit you down and lovingly be like, what the heck are you doing, yeah. you know? And and even in that. Because once you close off those voices, you close off the voice of conviction. Yeah. And you close off Ooh, the voice of truth, good, you know babe. what I mean? Oh, my God. That's, that's, how, so that's how people, I heard someone say you're two weeks away from completely changing your life for the better for the worse some people think it's a year some people think it's a series of years getting there you have 14 days before you completely alter the course of your life of your marriage of your family mm-hmm. and when you have the voices of conviction and the voices of love around you it keeps you on the path but as soon as you silence those voices especially young people you're gonna lose your way you yeah. know what i mean yeah yeah and actually mariah i checked out your blog and there was a recent post, Loretta, remind Un, me? I think it was Uninvited. Yeah, Uninvited. And man, it was so real. <laughs> and so, yeah, it was so raw. And I wanted to tap into that a little bit. A part of you, I do appreciate that you actually put yourself out there to really tell it like it is, that it's not always what you see on social media that's going on. And for those people who might feel like they're alone in a particular situation or they feel like they have to put up a front to make themselves look good, even though they feel bad inside, could you share with us any obstacles that you might have faced, like both personal or maybe outside of your relationship, making either your decision with marriage or anything else in your life? Yeah, for sure. So for me, I mean, that post was a kind of a struggle for me. It, I wrote it three days before I posted it and I literally made 50 people read it and made sure that it didn't look like I was complaining or being sassy or you know whatever because it was so awkward almost for me to put it up because I know that people really like to read into personal lives and they want to know you know who am I talking about what am I talking about who didn't invite you to the party you know yeah (laughs) anything like that but I mean I think a lot of the times like I you know I've dealt with you know, the blog really came about because I've dealt with, you know, bad depression and anxiety and these things that you just really wouldn't think that 
we would deal with. But as people in ministry, you think like, oh, they're happy all the time. And so the space I wanted to create was just so that I could say things like I said in Uninvited where I'm like, well, you know, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. I wonder if anyone else has gone through something like that too. Yeah. I think it was more of, I think it wasn't really like a one situation that happened but i think just like you know just like yeah but i was gonna say i think for me the biggest opposition i've dealt with uh, with being you know quote unquote uninvited is more with myself i think i uninvited myself to my own parties and have become in the past maybe you want so badly to like i wrote about to be someone that other people love that you kind of forsake who you know god's called you to be and like i said sometimes god's just trying to keep you away from something and so i mean it really was just life for me sometimes anxiety can uninvite us and depression can uninvite us from life and they want you to just live in the space of loneliness stay at home um, and stay at home and like we said like not be around people not get lit <laughs> in the Christian aspect. One time my mom, we, we posted sidebar, we posted an Instagram, and we we put the word like lit in the caption. It was like last Christmas. My mom called me, and she was like, what does getting lit mean? Is that bad? I wanted to like your picture, but I didn't know if it was bad. What was, was like, it? It was like, the Christmas tree is not the only thing getting lit. Oh, year. yeah. And I was like, mom why would I post something, like, if I meant it in a bad way? She's like, I don't know. I just wanted to check. I'm going to post it again. Stop <laughs> saying that because people are getting Aww. the wrong idea. Are, I look, I my getting up. late is like playing All with right. the kitten. Like playing Monopoly. And, like, watching the news. <laughs> anyway, so, I mean, I know what you're saying, but for us, really, for me personally, there have been a bunch of small situations when you really feel like, okay, God, you know, why doesn't this person like me or why doesn't this person understand me or why do I always find myself alone? But honestly, sometimes people may not be able to understand what you carry and mm. what God's put on your life. Mm. And if that's the case, then you just, exactly. it's just better just to not be with those people and yes. to love them. Like I said, love them from the distance that people put you at. Just because people push you away doesn't mean you stop loving them. It just means you love them from that distance, and it's probably a blessing, you know? And one thing that Mariah was, in her in her writing this post, that, like, if people don't want to invite you places, quote-unquote, or if people want to exclude you because of the way that you live and because you live a life of abstinence or because you live a life of, that's holy – then those people weren't supposed to be in your life in the first place anyways, you know, especially in the season that you're going in. So in this new life that, just for an example that we're living, if people don't like the fact that we waited for sex to have marriage and they want to act iffy about it now or they feel Wait sort for of, marriage to have sex. You said it backwards. Oh, sorry. Waiting for marriage. <laughs> or, or, you know, the fact that we're young and, and wanting to pursue ministry or whatever. And if they have a problem with that, like we love them, but it's like, all right, well then, you know, you you're not going to be in the in our new season in life because you can't get down to the program. Yeah, know, I mean, nice I mean, yeah, for sure. I, I, what What's just important, I think, for young people is to know that not everyone's going to vibe with you. Not everyone's going to be around with what you're doing. Right. And not to take it as rejection, but just to, to make sure you know that you're just set apart. They're set apart, too, if they would choose that calling. But when you make the choice just to be different, you'll find God will give you people in, in the same way. And God will give you people to rely right. on and to love. So that's really what my website is for, is just to, like, you know, I always say you have a friend in me. I've been sitting in this coffee shop today just, like, emailing people back, emailing girls back. Just a lot of the things I get are just, you know, I feel so alone or I feel like no one gets me or I feel like 
I can't really share my experiences because people will judge me. And so yeah. that's really what that post is about and what, you know, any post up is about is just knowing, like, I'm, I'm not going to judge anyone. You may not even know. I may have dealt with some of the same things. And I think it's just important. I think the enemy, especially with millennials, loves to make people feel super alone and, you know, really uses shame as a tool. And shame and guilt and doubt and all that, it's really just a re like a rearview mirror that he wants you to look at what's happening behind you so that you crash and you don't see what's in front of you. So life really for us is about perspective. Wow. When you shift your perspective from the rearview mirror to your dashboard and you can look at what's ahead of you, then you're going to get to where you're trying to go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. But then wow. the look, yeah. you that's, know, that's what's going on behind yeah. you, look at the mess you left behind you. Yeah. That's not what God's called us to. God's called us to move forward yeah. and to not turn back. I've decided right. to follow Jesus is an everyday decision. It's not something that happens when you're 15 and then when you're, you're good until you die. It's yeah. every day I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. And sometimes that decision has to be made multiple times a day. Sometimes it has to be made when you wake up and by three o'clock, you're like, all right, Jesus, get, come bring me back. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes when you're around your crazy aunt, you're like, oh, God, I oh, decided Jesus, to follow, I follow you. I you. Jesus, you. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm no, not just kidding. <laughs> Self-control. <laughs> this concludes the first part of our series, Against the Norm. Next on part two, we'll be discussing on how Mariah and Byron knew they were meant for each other and tips on how to know if you're with the one and what to do when you're waiting for your mate. Plus other fun stuff coming up. Check it out. Yep, yep. For all resources, check out our website and we would love your feedback. You can send an email to hello at millennialfaithpodcast.com or you can tell us what you think on our social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Till then, catch you next time on Millennial Faith Podcast.